Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of Right Wing Vegan. We are here in the palatial estates in sunny and sweltering Ohio. Um, I am Scott. And I'm Kelly. And we are <clears throat> thankful that you would join us today. Yes. Um, I want to go ahead and do a little housekeeping before we get started with everything else. So you can now find us on Google podcast you can find us on stitcher and you can find us on spotify hopefully soon you will be able to find us on itunes and tune in which will allow you to listen to us by telling alexa that you want to listen to right wing vegan that's really cool i that's really cool so i think that's the truth i might have made that up but i, <laughs> I don't know we should <laughs> test it out <laughs> once we, once we're on tune in we'll test it out i think that's true also, we have a Twitter. Um, we have a Twitter, and I've already tweeted a few things. I've retweeted. Oh, have you? I've retweeted some some things. Oh, um, nice. So, you can go on our Twitter. We are at our Twitter. Our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> our Twitter. And I'm seventy six years old. And what's that Twitter? Uh, go to our Twitter. <laughs> um, it's at at Vegan Wing. Yes, Vegan yes. Wing. W I N G. I think it's at Wing Vegan. Oh no. I think it's at Vegan Wing. So follow at Vegan Wing. And if it's not us, <laughs> you're welcome at Vegan Wing for all the followers. Yes. So that's that's where we're at with that. So that's a little bit of housekeeping. Email and website to come soon. Um, since we don't have an email that you can send us emails, you can go ahead and tweet us. And uh, we'll respond. What is it? DM? You can DM me. I don't know how Twitter works. Oh, so. gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't have a Twitter. I have one, but I haven't done anything with it in a very long time. I have a Twitter, and I think the last tweet prior to the ones I've been doing for this website was like wrestling. Um, I think I was accosting some wrestler on Twitter. That doesn't surprise me. No, I, I don't. But I, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But yeah. Twitter, Twitter's never been my favorite social media platform. Um, a because you're limited to the amount of characters you can use. And I am a very, very windy person, especially when I type. Uh, very windy. I get very lengthy and I, I like to let go. So Twitter's not for me. Instagram I don't like because I can't complain. It's just well, pictures. You can. You can still complain through pictures. People do still complain through pictures. and Enough for me to block them or get yeah. rid of them. That's yeah, for well, sure. And you can do like those text picture things whatever they are here's what instagram I don't is know. here's what instagram is it's basically facebook with less words it's a tool for mlm people to fake brag about how great their lives are how much they love their husbands and how terrible you are for working all day how dare you well that's basically facebook too is it yes it is <laughs> I don't have a Facebook anymore. I got rid of all I know. That. I'm about ready to, well, to delete mine. And this is a little bit relatable. We're, I'm going off on a tangent, but that happens on this podcast and any podcast that I'm a part of. Um, so I had a, a Facebook, but the election in 2016 was so nasty that I uh, I just I couldn't. I can't do it anymore. It, it, you really end up hating people or people end up hating you. Or you really end up just judging everyone and then you find yourself like scrolling through Facebook and you realize I've just literally passed judgment on every single person who's posted. And I just, I had to get rid of it. It was just too much negative energy in my life. Yeah, I just started like blocking or not, not blocking, but unfollowing or hiding people from my timeline just so I couldn't, just so I wasn't 
seeing certain people anymore. So I was like, I just need to clear up the negativity a little bit. Well, it also gives me a good excuse to not have to go to things. Because a lot of people use Facebook to invite people to they things. They do, especially my family. <laughs> so when I'm not on there, I have the excuse of, well... Nobody told me. I'm not on Facebook, so sorry. Sorry about that. Plus, people get real finicky when you don't like their pictures or you don't, like, tell them happy birthday or whatever. So I just, I'm over that. I don't need that obligation in my life to have to check whose birthday it is today out of the 600 people that I'm very rarely acquainted to. Like, I, I just don't need that in my life. Yeah. Anyways. So, today, on today's episode, we are going to talk all about the Democratic debate. Today's, yes. Today's episode is fully going to be around that. Um, the two-part series the two, of a Democratic the, debate. The two-parter, <laughs> you're right, the two-parter that we were, we were gifted by MSNBC. Oh, it was an amazing gift. It was an amazing gift. There were technical difficulties, there was a lot of nonsense, Some, there were... Weird lines. So many softballs hit out of the park. I can't imagine, uh, you know, that amount of that that many softballs. I don't know how they all fit on the field. Um, man, I, I'm just thinking I get tougher questions at work on a daily basis than the candidates got from these moderators at MSNBC. But that's okay. We are going to go ahead and cover that today. Um, so again, if you have any questions, feel free to send us a tweet. Um, and if you want to give us your opinion on the debates, we would love to hear them. So let's start, Kelly, by talking overall impressions of the debate. I know, um, I know how I feel, but let's, let's hear your overall depressions. What did you think about the two night, two part, 455 candidate democratic debate? (laughs) Okay. So I, my overall impression here echoes that of president Trump when he tweeted boring um the first night was extremely boring to the point where we started just making fun of it and ended up turning it off um because we couldn't couldn't take it anymore uh it was just i don't even know it was boring is a perfect word for it and then the second night was just followed up with all of these um easy questions but yet the um were they candidates? Were they? Yeah, they they're were. Candidates. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> there's something. They they spent the whole time avoiding the questions that they were given, even though they were ridiculously easy questions, and there really wasn't any true debating going on. Um, I just felt like it was one person was answering a question, and then all twenty of them were trying to throw in their two cents. It wasn't like a true back and forth debate. Like you traditionally see. So, oh, that and the fact that it seems like the majority of it was conducted in Spanish um, without subtitles. So I don't really know what they were saying. Um, so I guess really that was my my overall takeaways. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. The first night was absolutely boring. The jobber night of the debate. And you really only had, a you know... Out of those candidates on that first night, you know, really Elizabeth Warren was there. She was there. But it was just incredibly boring and incredibly just like, oh, Bill de Blasio was too, that nut job. So you had those two. And just a field of like, just no chance. Like I, I, there's, People you've never heard of. There's just so many candidates. And it's what's funny is, is it's, 
it's evidently clear that the that the Democratic Party is torn. There's two sides of this party, okay? There's the moderate side, which is still left leaning, but Less you know, crazy. not as not not as just completely out there. And then you have the loony side, the loony left. This is the side that just my my goodness, okay? The, the amount of just borderline borderline absolutely in, in borderline insanity is what it's really it is out of this it really world. it really is it really is and, and, and here's the craziest part i don't know what's crazier to actually think that you can accomplish any of what they they say they're going to accomplish or to 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 just i don't i don't even now i lost my train of thought oh no it was that because bad it was that bad but that crazy it was that crazy but i just that I think that that to, to insinuate that I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to say all this stuff and it's going to be just crazy outlandish stuff that, that'll never come true. That'll never happen. And the people agree with me. The people actually want these things. That's insane. Incredibly incompetent, incredibly insane. And, and I get, we're going to get into the, the, the craziest moments. Okay. We're going to cover that. But I think I think a lot of it is just they're pandering to the left because this is a primary and in a primary you you pander to your base. You really want to grip your your base there your yes. audience. And they know that uh, that the money and the the, the the left has completely taken a hold of their party and that's who they have to pander to. So it doesn't matter if what they say is really what they believe or really what they think they can accomplish. None of that matters. It's just come out, say the craziest things that you can say. And when it comes time for the general debate, you'll just forget you ever said that. Or you'll say, no, 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 you're taking what I said the wrong way or out of context or whatever. Yeah. Because we're not going to see these candidates stay this far left during the general election. You think? We can't. You really think that they're going to change the yes. whole MO here yes. during a general election? Yes, because these people are not, they're not free thinkers. They think whatever they, well, this is going to be hard to say because it's uh, they think whatever they think. Um, they are going to support policies that they think are going to get them votes. Yeah. It's all a game to these people. They don't they don't really no no human being that is sane walking around on earth can actually think these things that they say. So you're out talking loud. about getting saying the most outlandish yes. things so that they can get into the primaries past that and then get on to the general election yes because you have a lot of carbon copy people up there right so they have now. to pull themselves out of the field make themselves stand well out. did you not get the impression that it just got crazier and crazier as each one of them talked oh it they, did. Were, they were almost trying to one-up each other yeah they were with with increasingly crazy ideas like i'm sitting here and i'm looking at my notes and i'm thinking okay i have the craziest moments from the debate written out okay and there's one on here that I have, and I don't have it as the craziest one, but I, I'm starting to think it is. What one was that? Well, we'll talk about it in okay. a minute. I don't want to spoil that. Um, 
Here's the other here's the other thing I want to talk about. So I talked about how the party was divided. Very. Joe Biden being pretty much the the bearer, the flag bearer on the moderate side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on the other side, you could take your pick of which which loony liberal you want to put as your flag bearer. Yeah, I don't even know which one that would be. Well, in 2016, it was clearly Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah. But he's brought along all of his little friends, all of his Looney Tunes. He has. They're Daffy all the and same. Porky and all of them are coming <laughs> out, and they're all there. And now, Bernie just feels like a member of the pack, doesn't he? Yeah, there's not a device or a, a, a line drawn in the sand in between Bernie and his crazy ideas and everybody else like there was in 2016. They're all right there with Bernie and instead you have Joe off over here by himself instead. It's just kind of the opposite of what it was in 2016. Man, man, you know, even Joe himself is is like having to embrace some of these crazy ideas. I'm not saying Joe isn't of that ilk, but he's definitely not as far of that ilk yeah. As someone like Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or... And you could just kind of tell by his facial expressions, too, that he was just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of... He's in a very interesting position yeah. because he's clearly the front... In my opinion, he's clearly the front runner. Yeah, and I'd he, say so. He's clearly the, the individual that the Democrats want or should want. Um, if I'm the old guard of the party, I'm crossing my fingers and praying that joe biden to whatever god they don't believe in i'm praying that joe biden to the earth or whatever that joe biden gets the nomination because joe biden is the only person who stands any chance of beating trump i think right now yeah in, I agree. in 2020 he just does and you know joe can easily pivot Joe's in a position where he can easily pivot back to the middle. You know, he, he can he can easily go from winning the nomination and then pivoting right back to the middle for the general election. And, and he can pick one of these loons as his vice president to, to keep that side happy. Yeah, that's true. And then then he can he can combat Trump. And regardless of what I think of Joe Biden and what other people think of Joe Biden, a lot of the American people particularly your blue collar democrats those old democrats that the party seems to forget exist mm-hmm. and i don't know why these well never mind but i was gonna say i don't know why these people still support this party i guess it's because their union tells them they have to but probably that makes no sense to me i mean i don't know how these people aren't disenfranchised at this point by this party i don't know how they feel like because there, there's no way okay your uncle who works in a factory all right, with uh, you know his other union pals, and they vote left because that's what their union tells them they have to do, or whatever. There's no way that these guys hear this, the these stances on immigration and guns. There's no way these guys are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're no longer. I I I can't imagine <clears throat> that they're still connecting with these new, weird, extremely far left ideas that the Democratic Party is throwing out there. And instead, I feel like they're going to be leaning more towards the the right, but yet they're kind of just, like, stuck in this weird position. So, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think those, those blue-collar workers are going to be leaning or following that new, this new weird Democratic model. Well, it'll be tough for them, too. But again, I've, I've experienced a lot. Because even, even 
you know, when Ber- you know, even when Bernie was really in, in 2016, okay, these blue collar people were still, you know, out there for Bernie, and they're out there for Hillary. Yeah, but even after Hillary stood in the middle of the coal mines and and I, said she wanted to get rid I of the coal I'm industry, I'm not part of a union, and I no, I know. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak for anybody who is. I oh, certainly thank goodness I escaped that. <laughs> I, I certainly can't fathom it or understand it myself. But that's that is what it is, and I'm sure. I'm sure they have their reasons. I, I don't know. But is there anything else you you any general any more general opinion you want to talk about before we get into our kind of. No, I feel like we can go ahead and jump into those uh, crazy ideas. Yes, these are the highlights or lowlights, okay, depending on who you are. If you're a member of the Democratic Party, this has got to be a lowlight, because these are just... I mean, they're out there. The buffoonery was on point, okay? The buffoonery was up to a level of 10. The clown car had opened its doors. All the clowns got out. They all stood there. And some of the things that were said, some of the, the proposals... That are being positioned here, that are being tried, that are being sold to the American people, are so ridiculous that I don't know how you can even finish the statement before it comes out of your mouth. Like, you, how do you not just stop yourself and go, "Oh, that's really dumb. I'm sorry. I almost said something really stupid." Yeah. And we'll do probably a full episode on socialism because that is. Clearly where this party is headed. And they want to paint the word socialism in a positive light. They call it democratic socialism, which Bernie Sanders swears there's a difference between democratic socialism and normal socialism. But show me. You show me that difference. Yeah. Also, show me a socialist country that's successful. But we'll look into that. We're going to do, we'll, we'll probably, I'm sure by the time the election rolls around, we'll definitely be doing an episode on socialism versus uh, capitalism and democracy and, and things of that nature. We'll just compare it. Um, but let's start. Okay, let's start. You want to go ahead, hit us with your first crazy, out there, ludicrous moment from the debate. I don't, my favorite moment from this came from Andrew Wang. Yang, Wang, Yang. I think it's Yang. You're already getting his name <laughs> I'm wrong. sorry, I think it's Yang. Well, and he... he it co- is Yang. It is Yang. He comes out there with no tie on. No late, tie, Andrew. He, no tie, later claiming that his mic wasn't on. So he's known for the no tie. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's a big no tie guy. Oh, why? and he doesn't even button the top button, just nothing. Just To be fair, I don't either button well, I mean, the but top if you button have a tie or wear a tie. On. Oh, yeah, that's true. But you're also not Running for president of the United States? Yes. I am not. I can confirm that. But he came out there with this thing called a freedom dividend. Okay? And what this does, it's giving every American adult $1,000 a month. So if you're a family of three, if you got a a mom, a dad, and an 18-year-old kid living at home who's going to college... That family is getting $3,000 per month, okay? But the way that he's going to be paying for this is by adding new taxes. New taxes. More taxes called the value-added tax to then pay for this $1,000 a month, which makes no sense to me because you're going to be 
paying a thousand dollars in taxes just to get it right back. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, basically to me. what he's saying is, I I'm gonna take this thousand now, but don't worry. I'm gonna give it back to you. Don't worry, I'm just borrowing this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it right back. But then the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is granted <laughs> while they're gonna be paying more in taxes, if this something like this does work and say you're a family of two you get $1,000 per month per person. That's an additional $26,000 in income in a year. Okay? Wow. So then you have, if you have, both of you are making Mm $40,000. Okay? That puts you at 80. Plus this 26, you're above that $100,000 threshold Mm. that many of these Democratic candidates are saying is a sign of wealth and therefore they want to tax you even more. Interesting. So it makes no sense to put more money, like to to add this value added tax, because then you're you're bumping your family income up even higher, thus creating more taxes. Hmm. You want to be taxed even more. Well, it's like Bill De Blasio said: the money's in the wrong hands, right? The money's in the wrong hands. Basically, we're gonna give the money to the to the poor. We're gonna take the money from the people who work hard for it. Yeah. Those are the wrong hands. The people who want to contribute to the economy, who work hard, who provide us with jobs, who provide us with medical insurance. Yep. These are the wrong hands. We need to give it to the people who don't work, who don't contribute anything to society, who choose, because that's what it is, choose in many cases not to contribute to society. Those are the right hands. Clearly, our mistake Sorry, Bill. This is the good hands to have the money in. Yeah. <laughs> Take my $1,000 that I could spend on the economy and give it to somebody so, who's so going to throw it away. It is interesting. And I, I got to I gotta say, what he's doing is, it, it's all about buzz. It's a buzz phrase, right? What people take away from that is, this guy wants to give me a 1000 extra dollars. $1,000 a month. Yeah, this guy wants to give me, and my kid, my... my adult children. Adult children, which... Well, every adult in the household is what he said. Yeah. So if you've got three kids who are off in college and they're still living at home, you're getting 5000 well, there you go. And that's what people take away from that. Yeah. Right? He's hoping people don't think about that value-added tax or whatever. He just wants people to hear the $1,000. Yeah, so instead of paying like a 12% tax, you're going to be paying a 30% tax on your your paycheck to make up for this well, or right, even more now you're above a hundred thousand yeah now you're rich now you you get have taxed to, even more that's right and forget that student loan debt forgiveness yeah because you're not you gonna make over a hundred thousand dollars now yeah so sorry about your luck yeah, i forget which candidate was that brought that up but they wanted to do student Didn't loan. they all bring that yeah, up yeah student loan forgiveness for anyone who makes less than a hundred k so you add this value-added tax, and you're right up there. You don't qualify. Here's the thing, okay? I don't know how many of our listeners are in a family. This is the important part, that make over $100,000. Because it's not individually if you make over $100,000. Yeah, a family. It's if you are in a household that brings in over $100,000. I don't know how many of you that are that are that do that, but I got to tell you, that is not wealthy. No. And not in my definition of wealthy. Okay? That is That is... Middle of the line, middle of the road income, in my opinion. Now, maybe I'm coming off as an elitist by saying this. I don't. It just seems difficult that you wouldn't be making. It doesn't seem difficult. Well, there are I many mean, families it, out no, there. The, well, me, yes, the median is, is well under that. But I also think that a hundred thousand dollars in a family of four. Let's say you have four working adults. Okay, your children are are of college age. They live in your house. 
you know, I, I guess, I guess I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, it's really not that much money. No. It sounds like it, but it's really not. You divide that amongst four people. Right. And then after the government takes their large share, it's really not that much money. No. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that number, that, that threshold. I don't know about Yang's chances. Um, but the thousand dollars, I mean, listen, I mean, he came out swinging. He came out with his his best uh, pitch there to try and sway people to vote for him, to to give him money. He's a tech guy, too, I think. So he's young, and he's a tech guy, and he's got his cool no-tie look going on. And, and, you know, maybe maybe we'll we'll see him. We'll get a few more statements and a couple of future debates from this guy. But um, the next next moment that I want to bring up here is, is kind of a... It's a universally shared moment from all of the candidates. Um, essentially, they were asked, you know, raise your hand who would, if you would give illegal immigrants, if you would provide them with medical coverage. Not just medical coverage. Free. Free medical, medical coverage. coverage. And they all raised their hands. All ten of them. And this was night two. They probably asked it night one, but I was already asleep. Yeah, we turned it off. <laughs> um, you know, this is, this is, first of all, how do you pay for this? Let's just start there. How do you pay for this? Because even if you raise taxes, I don't think that you're still, I, I think you're still going to be well under what you would need to pay this for this. Well, not even to, to, to pay for free health care for illegal immigrants, but to pay for free health care for everybody else as well. You're not going to have anywhere close to that with the numbers of illegal immigrants here in the United States and the number of people that will come if they find out that they can get free health care. It's going to be outrageous. There's no way. Yeah. And the other thing is you are now in. Okay. So these same people that advocate for health care for illegal immigrants, for people who are trying to get into this country illegally, are advocating for open borders. Yes. So if you want open borders because ICE is the bad guy in your mind, then, and you want to give everybody free health care, what do you think is going to happen? What are you creating? You're opening the floodgates. You are creating an endless stream of people trying to get into this country so that they can get free health care. So the amount that you think this is going to cost is actually just a fraction of what it actually will cost because we're going to be providing health coverage, health care coverage to, to we're essentially health insuring the world. Yeah, cuz anyone who comes into the United States at that point is getting that free health care coverage. And not only that, but the amount of resources and that are going to be impacted by this because there's only so many doctors out there. And with the current health system, the way it is, you're waiting weeks, months at a time just to get in for a normal primary care visit. Can you imagine what it's like when it's free to all these illegal immigrants? Oh, it'll be, it'll be worse. It'll be worse because the countries that have universal health care have long wait times. They have death panels. They have these things, death panels. death panels. So a lot of them, and I don't, I don't, obviously I don't have an article pulled up because I didn't know we'd be going this Sorry. in depth. No, it's fine. Um, but 
essentially, you know, it gets to a point where the government is making decisions on what health care you can receive. And based upon your age and a number of other factors, because there isn't enough to go around, the government has to make choices. Hmm. That's just... I mean, that's how it is. There's only so much medicine. There's only there's only so many doctors to see people. I think I'll keep my private my private healthcare coverage. Well, and that's the thing, you know. I first of all, I found there's there's a wonderful article um, on townhall.com because the just getting into kind of universal healthcare. The Democrats love to reference a poll, and the poll was done by Reuters, and the poll kind of says that 71 percent of people would be behind a, a single-payer universal health care coverage as long as it covers every American. They're all for that. Until you tell them how we're going to pay for it. Yeah. When you tell them, oh, by the way, that free health care coverage that we keep talking about, free, 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 it's actually not free. Sorry. You're making a down payment on that. But it's coming right out of your paycheck. Yeah. So you don't see it. You feel it. You feel it, but you don't see it. But don't don't worry. It's still free. It's free. Now, when they find that out, the actual percentage drops significantly to 26 to 37% of Americans support single payer at that point. So the Democrats, oh, 71%, 71%. But no, no, that's a little bit of a, a misnomer. Because that 71% assumes the government's paying for everything and not taking anything out of my check. Well, and that 71% is also assuming that they're getting the health care that they need when they need it. Yes. When told that there's delays in that coverage, that they could be impacted with getting in to see the doctor or getting that surgery that they need, it also decreases. And where's Bernie Sanders from? Enlighten me. What state is Bernie Sanders from? New Hampshire. No, no. <laughs> I could see why you think that. He's actually Vermont. Vermont. Okay, okay am I wrong? Wrong New England Bernie state. Sanders is a senator from Vermont. Bernie Sanders is from Vermont and loves single-payer health care. Okay, as does all of his little Looney Tunes. But single-payer efforts have failed in the state of Vermont because of concerns that taxes are going to increase. I wonder why. And there you go. Now, now states like California and New York, they'll then they'll do any liberal thing they can think of, and, and anything will pass there. That's absolutely insane. But that's just kind of you know kind of an interesting thing because I've heard that number, you know, pushed out there that seventy one percent. So it's kind of interesting to look at that. And what that means is the plan that these guys are pushing, the majority of America does not support. It does not support it. No. Because we don't want higher taxes. We don't want them. Nobody does. And the reality is, is that people like me, and I can't speak for everyone, I live in rural Ohio, but people like me would just as soon keep our money and keep our current insurance and not have to fund illegal immigrants' medical coverage. No. But maybe I'm a crazy person. No, I mean, I I pay for my own private insurance. We pay for it. 
I'm perfectly content and happy with it. And I don't want money, all extra taxes coming out of my paycheck to go towards things that I'm not benefiting from. Like, we already have to pay into Social Security. Yeah. Taxes and all of that. Like, I don't want to pay more. And listen, I understand that, okay, you know, if you could, okay, here's the other thing. Okay. Have you ever been to the BMV? Yes. You ever been to the post office? Yes. Would you say that those are positive experiences? No. No. Not at all. That's funny because, you know, if the government takes over medicine, what do you think going to the doctor is going to be like? Just like going to the post Just office like and the, the BMV. BMV. And I got to tell you, there are very few places that I, I hate, loathe. More than when I have to go to the BMV. Yeah, BMV. they're always so grumpy, yelling at you. It's like airport security. Maybe prison, which also just so happens to be run by the government. Yes. So I don't know if we want to put medicine in the hands. So you know what? To go back. You could convince me if everyone was getting a great product and you put security around it to make sure that the you know people only people who are getting it are american citizens so we're only going to give insurance to american citizens fine you might be able to convince me to pay a little bit of a higher tax to do that but i would highly doubt the quality of the medical coverage that we would be receiving after that point yeah it's like you already hear of in today's current society you already hear of shortages on medicines and it's you add all these extra people into the healthcare system and those shortages are going to be tenfold you're you're, you're going to start having having riots at the pharmacy trying to get the last dosage of something because there's not enough to go around and the biggest most insane part of this are the ones who want to do away with private insurance yeah. These people don't only want a single payer. They don't even want to give you the option to have private insurance. They want that gone. That is going to lose these folks the election. But the interesting thing about that is when all 10 candidates on day two were polled, asked to raise their hand if they supported or if they would voluntarily give up their private insurance in favor of single-payer insurance, and only two, only two of the ten raised their hand and said that they would give up their own private insurance. Well, that shouldn't surprise anybody. So it goes like they're pushing for this to get rid of private insurance to go with the single-payer, and only two of themselves would do it. Yeah, well, there you go. They're pushing something they won't even support. Well, that's Congress. Right. Uh, so let's go ahead. Hit me with another one. What was another crazy moment from the debates? Let's see here. So I had... Oh, so I kind of in, in line with the open borders thing. I also had it written down here that no longer do they want to make it a criminal offense to come to the United States illegally. Yeah, they want to decriminalize the border. They want to they yeah. want to de-secure the border. They but, want open borders. Yeah. And I feel like making it no longer a criminal offense is is just enticing people even more to just come on over. Some of them went even far as to not even addressing human trafficking. Some Which is them, a huge them, issue. It's an absolutely huge issue. One that obviously a lot of these candidates don't understand. And there were a few few of them who did come out. Um, and mention it. And mention it. But drug smuggling and human trafficking 
you decriminalize the border, you, you take that stop gap, you know, that stop away. You're just letting this, this flow in. It's going to get so much worse. It just is. Yeah. No penalties, free health care. Let's go. And a lot of them say, well, there are already laws in place to deal with human trafficking. Well, let me tell you, those laws are very loose. They're very, very loose and they're not strict enough. And, and you know, it, it, it's a huge, it's already a problem with the laws that are in place now. So imagine if you take that away. I mean, my oh my. Even greater issues. Even greater issues. So I think every American who's listening to this podcast is going to tell you that open borders is probably not a good solution you know not at all so i want to give a special shout out to bill de blasio who's a real buffoon and anyone who's ever lived in new york probably knows that i probably don't have to tell you that this man is a freaking nightmare okay but this you know he said a lot of outlandish stuff what was your most outlandish thing that he said his 70 percent tax on the wealth the wealthy that's they, a big one he supports a 70 percent income tax on individuals that he deems as wealthy 70 percent so just to put that into perspective so you make a hundred thousand dollars a year you pay a 70 percent tax you're walking away with thirty thousand dollars in your pocket yeah and i'm sure he means folks that make well over well, I, know, but... I know but on, on the, just a scale. What what would even you know what what would even motivate you to to make more money to I do wouldn't. to do well? No, I you wouldn't. Know? You certainly wouldn't have any extra money to donate to charities anymore. No. So a lot of these folks who are wealthy, who are well off, you know, they donate a lot of money to charities. Yeah. So charities would lose out on all of that money. Especially so, your your big charities, your mm-hmm. research ones, your uh, your breast cancers, and, and and all of that, like all that money's gone. <clears throat> yep, any jobs that these guys create are gone. You know, if I'm a wealthy individual and you're charging me seventy percent, you better darn well believe I'm not living here anymore. I'm I'm gonna go somewhere else. You know, if you're gonna charge corporations seventy percent, you better believe I'm taking my jobs and my money and all of that somewhere else. I'm not gonna pay that tax. No. Yeah. Not happening. Not happening. That's for sure. All right. I'm going to give you the honors of mentioning the the last. I think this is five. Yeah. Yeah. So our our special winner, not our winner, but our special, uh, I don't even know how to describe her. Oh, she gets an honorary mention at least. She gets a... um, a special award for being the most ridiculous, ludicrous candidate out there. But one that's definitely going to be getting support. Oh yeah. After her performance at the debates. And this person is book author Mary Ann Williamson. So, yeah. Mary Ann is definitely a motivational speaker. She is definitely someone who sees the world differently differently she for sure believes in energies she may believe in witchcraft i i don't i can't support that but i would oh sorry go ahead if i had if i had an interview with her i wouldn't be surprised if she does believe in witchcraft I thought it was funny. I was reading up on her earlier, and it turns out that she's actually very good friends with Oprah Winfrey. Oh! Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
Okay. Interesting little tidbit. All right, Marianne. Yeah. You got an interesting social circle. She sure does. I mean, she's very positive. I guess if I were Oprah, I wouldn't mind having her around. No, I mean, she might be a good friend, but... <laughs> well, if I needed someone to pick me up, if I were having a bad day, I'd call Marianne, you know, get some talk about love. Some love, some good energy. Yeah, I'd, I'd be into that. Yeah, maybe do some yoga. I don't know if I want to run in my country. No. But maybe running my, you know, group of friends, maybe running a party for me, maybe having, you know, running a discussion, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I've got some some quotes from Marianne. Um, let me see here. These are some of the things that she said, which, which again, maybe if you're at a yoga studio or a Starbucks, these aren't going to seem too outlandish. But on stage, in a, during a presidential debate, they certainly come off as a little weird. Oh, yeah. There is one thing I do kind of agree with her on, so maybe I'm, I'm a bit of a loon, too. Um, <laughs> but... She said, we've got to get deeper than these superficial fixes. Um, if you think we're going to beat Donald Trump just by having all these plans, you got another thing coming. So don't plan anything. We don't need plans. What are all these plans? We're never going to beat Trump if we have a plan. That's for sure. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, we need slogans like Make America Great Again, which was a great slogan, by the way. Do you have any you want to read, or do you want me to keep um, going? Go ahead and go with your next one. All right, we we uh, actually... So this is the one I kind of agree with her on. We don't have a health care system in the United States. We have a sickness care system in the United States. Yes, which is true. I agree on that one a little bit. Yeah. We do kind of... I mean, the opioid crisis kind of tells us how that, you know, where we're at there, right? So she was asked... And I'm probably going to get the question wrong, so maybe you have it in your notes. But Maybe. She was asked, what's the first thing she would do when she gets in the White House? Oh, this one was good. And she said, my first call is to the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who said that her goal was to make New Zealand the place where it's the best place in the world to for a child to grow up. And I would tell her girlfriend... You are so wrong because the United States of America is going to be in the best place for a child to grow or is going to be the best place for a child to grow up. That's the first thing she'd do. Like, what does New Zealand have on the U.S.? Well, she's apparently either good friends with the head of New Zealand, the prime minister of New Zealand, or she just really hates them and wants to stick it to her. I don't know what it is. I, know, I feel like she's just trying to create tension with another world country. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I think a lot of people probably just were like, what would you do? This is your first act in the White House. And Very you're, first. You're making the phone call to New Zealand to, to rub it in. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I like, you know, whatever. Okay. And then she talked about the importance of harnessing love because the only way we're going to defeat Trump is Donald Trump is on the battlefield of love. And you have to harness that love. Grab a hold of it. You have to grab it, harness it, feel it. And then you have to shoot that love 
out at Donald, and that's the only way we can we can, they can win. Wait, is that like shooting love? Is that like one of the little water guns that shoots out bubbles or, or whatever? Just shoot I, them with bubbles. I don't want to know with what, rainbows. What, I don't want to know what shooting love is, so <laughs> I'd rather not. Um, yeah, love will win. Love will win. Oh yeah. Love, so, uh, love will take care of all of the wars. I know that my there. love for this country certainly dictates who I'm going to be voting for in oh, 2020. Yeah. So now's our time. Now's the big time to disclose who, Kelly, you think won and who you think was the biggest loser in this debate. Who's the biggest winner and who's the biggest loser? Well, the biggest winner, in my opinion, coming out of this debate was President Trump. Absolutely. That was my winner. Um, it, after watching these debates, it just makes me uh, love him even more and certainly reaffirms my decision to stay to the stay conservative, stay to the right, because I have no idea what's going on in leftist land. Um, but if I did have to pick a Democratic candidate who I think might have won the election, or not the election, whoa. but whoa, I know, not go, let's not go that far, but who might have won this debate, I would have to say that would be Kamala Harris. Um, I felt like she did a good job controlling the stage. Um, she seemed to answer the questions when they were directed to her and to not, like, go clear off and left field with answering them. She kind of stayed focused. Um, but she also kind of did the motherly thing and she kept people in line. She had that really nice line she threw out there about the food fight. Um, but we know she had that ready to go. Yeah, the, the was just American waiting to people, use it. The American people want to see how we're going to put food on their table and not see a food fight. I think it was think the other way was, around, but yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she definitely seemed kind of like the adult in the room. Um, especially with her behavior compared to everybody else's, but I mean, she's, I would say Kamala. Uh, I would agree. Um, Donald Trump is the clear winner, obviously. Yes. Um, because they just, none of these people seemed like electable candidates at all. Um, the big, probably I agree Kamala Harris was the biggest winner out of that group because she really, she had her little one-liners all ready to go, and she really hammered Joe Biden, um, essentially painting him as a racist. And I don't know how successful that that'll be, but she came out swinging for the top dog, and uh, she really, I mean, was the only one who who did who who was re- well. She isn't the only one um, because the one guy who is so forgettable that I can't remember his name. <laughs> But his face looks like it's melting. I, I don't know. He, he's a good looking guy. He just must have been really hot up there or something. Um, <laughs> Man. Oh, melt face. He was, uh, he's from California. I know that. So that should tell you everything you need. Um, so, no. Um, but he, um, he, he came after Joe too, calling him old. So here's oh, what they did. Oh, about passing the torch? Yeah. So here's yeah. what they did. They basically said, look, don't vote for Joe. Because Joe is a racist. He's old. Or maybe he was a racist. But he's also old. And how ageist, by the way, of those Democrats to really attack Joe and Bernie on their age. I mean, and even if he was kind of racially uh, affected in the past, he could be reformed. You never know. I, I mean, I don't is... think Joe Biden's a racist. I don't think he is either. I mean, it just... 
when the whole busing thing happened, it, I mean... Whatever. I don't know I don't enough know. about it to talk about it. And to be honest with you, I didn't live through that or any experience, anything remotely even like that, except I did ride a school bus. That's about as close as I came to anything like that. So I can't speak on that, and I won't, um, because I don't want to be called a racist. But what I will say is that I don't think Joe Biden's a racist, and I think I love that the left is eating their own. I love that they're, that, that other people on the left are essentially experiencing what being a conservative American feels like every day of your life. Yes. Where every word that comes out of your mouth makes you a bigot or a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or whatever. And it's kind of nice to see some people on the left get that treatment. Um, but I will also say that it's, you know, the tolerant left is not tolerant. Looks pretty intolerant of joe biden and bernie sanders age if yeah, i do say do. so myself so there was that who's the biggest loser um biggest loser unfortunately for him i'm gonna say is joe biden because to me he was asleep the whole time i actually forgot he was there um he was acting as if he thought the whole thing was just comical he was up there with a bunch of lunatics he didn't really know what was going on um, which, can you blame him when he's got all these crazy people that are just, like, Bernie up there on stage with him? Um, but he just, he seemed disinterested. He didn't seem engaged. Um, yeah, he just was asleep at the wheel. Yeah, Joe, uh, Joe was probably my loser, too. Uh, the, the whole party, to me, was a big loser. Um, yeah. Because the, the debates just paint them as so incompetent and so out of touch, I think. Um, but the American people will be the big loser if any of these buffoons make it into office. Yeah, we'll be hurting. But I would agree, Joe Biden had the most to lose. He was really the only one who could have lost, right? Because the no-name candidates are no-name candidates who cares. There are some people who are kind of on the fringe of being one of those no-chance candidates. But they kind of stayed on the fringe. Really, Kamala Harris was the only one who kind of lifted herself up above that. But your Warrens, your Bernies, your, you know, whatever. They, they, they're they in the race anyways. So, Joe Biden has to be the, the biggest loser because he didn't really have a wow moment. Um, he was attacked from all angles. Maybe you could say he, he did his best at handling the attacks by staying composed and not trying to fight back. So the left can't say... Joe's completely out of touch with the way that we believe because he said this, this, and this, and this. So maybe that's a plus I can say for Joe if I'm thinking tactically about this, you know, and I'm Joe. Because um, I don't want to say anything that's quite as outlandish as something that might come out of Bernie's mouth because then it'll be harder for me to pivot to the middle when I actually win. Yeah. But he's probably thinking he's got this in the bag. He probably does. Probably. And, and that's that's kind of my takeaway from this. The Democrats need to make a, a decision, and it sounds like they already have. They either need to rethink some of these far-left socialist ideas that they have. Yes. Or continue to veer further left and continue to be out of touch with the majority of Americans. It's just that simple. Yeah. California and New York do not represent everybody. They certainly don't. And I don't care how many people live in those states. That's all well and good. But that's a very small portion of the country. It is. And 
the crazy things that they may support, that is just not how rural America, that is not how folks here in Ohio, that is not how we think. And, you know, you're coming after our private insurance, you're coming after our choice, you're coming after our guns, and then while you're at it, you're going to call us a racist and a bigot and a sexist, and we should pay reparations while we're at it, because higher taxes isn't enough. We need to pay people for their grandfather's 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 suffering. Um, and, you know, that that's just the world we live in now, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sounds like a whole lot of money will just be coming out of our paychecks. Sounds like a whole point. lot of money is going to be coming out of our paychecks. And I got to tell you, there ain't there, there ain't much there left anyways for them no, to take. No, going out, so. out from us straight to the government for the government to do whatever with. Right. I hope that universal health care is good. I hope, the, uh, I hope welfare is good because you continue to take all this money out of my paycheck. I'm going to have to go on it. Oh, yeah. So that, I think, wraps up our coverage of the Democratic debate. We're in trouble, guys. If any of these buffoons makes it, if they continue to pander this absurdity, and if no one is willing to challenge them, because I think they refuse to do a debate on Fox News, we are in a lot of trouble, guys. And we are just going to have to stay diligent and stay on the offensive and challenge these people and those who support them with logic and reason. And that's the only way we win. Otherwise, we'll be looking back on this and we'll be going, you know who was the biggest loser? Anyone who makes over $100,000 a year or their family makes over $100,000 a year. Heck, maybe it'll be lower than that. But that's all I have. Anything to wrap up? No, I think I'm just uh, interested to see where this is headed and what crazy things are said next. No, I can't wait. Can't wait for the next one. So, once again, we want to thank everyone for listening. Please let us know what you think or you thought about the debates. Again, the Twitter at, oh my gosh, Vegan Wing. <laughs> vegan Wing, yeah. I hope. I hope that's right. At Vegan Wing, and I will, when I post the show, I'll put it in the description. Um, I hope to have an email created. Maybe even by the time I post this, I'll just make one up, and uh, I'll post that in the description as well. Feel free to email us, tweet us. Um, we'll read your reactions on uh, on the show. Um, I think next week we'll be doing some news, a news section. We'll, yes. we'll cover some of the news that's out there. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about socialism, and I want to give some examples of how that's worked out in the past, and we can we can talk about those. Um, but if that's all you have, Kelly? I think so. Uh, I'm going to say I hope everyone has a great rest of your week, and God bless America. Mm-hmm.